So I want to uh, do this probably very quickly to say um, thank you to the Reverend Dr. Hugh Marriott. Hugh B. Marriott. <laughs> you know, I was looking for the middle initial. I don't, I don't know the name yet. I don't think I do. I don't, if I do, I can't remember. The shepherd of the flock, the steward of the mystery of, of God, a godly man who has opened this house for us to come and to fellowship on this fifth Sunday afternoon to my colleague, the Reverend Dr. Linda Hill, yeah. pastor of Emmanuel Tuckahoe. Mm -hmm. Thank you for your kind introduction. The Reverend Eugene Minson III, pastor of Emmanuel New Rochelle. You know, whenever I get up and say, I know Reverend Minson got some folk out there. <laughs> I ain't naming no names, but I feel them right in here, right in here. To the Reverend Anne Marie Bensi Addison. I posey, gotta get all my names. Okay, all right. Okay, Union Warwick's in the house. Amen. Amen. And to, uh, in absentia, the Reverend Paul Martin, Mount Carmel, New Rochelle. Uh, to the Reverend Brady Fun, the pastor of Bethany Yonkers and the Bethany folk. Amen. And to a great church and a great people, Allen African Methodist Episcopal Church, White Plains. And I want to thank on this day um, the MC Baudet Ensemble and the Voices of Praise Amen. For, for blessing us. I want to thank Alan, especially for traveling with me two weeks in a row. Last week we were in New Jersey, and uh, this week we're in Mount Vernon. So we are, we are on the move, and we're grateful for those persons who joined us on the journey. Appreciate that so much. Let me read again a few verses from Psalm 66, uh, verses 5 through 7 and then 16 through 20. Verses 5 through 7, 16 through 20 from Psalm 66. These words are written, come and see what God has done. God is awesome in God's deeds among mortals. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There we rejoiced in him who rules by his might forever, whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let the rebellious not exalt themselves. And then 16 through 20 says this, come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for me. I cried aloud to him and he was extolled with my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened but truly God has listened. He has given heed to the words of my prayer. Blessed be God because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I wanna preach uh, from the subject this afternoon for the time, a little bit of time that's mine. A little bit of time, I'm just, just looking. There's a little bit of time that's mine. There's a little bit. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's an inside joke. <laughs> uh, uh, I want to preach from, from the subject. <laughs> uh, I want to preach from the subject, let the record show. Let the record show. 
that the Psalms are the hymn book of the Bible. In this song book, the lyrics and words express the range of human emotion on, of the human journey. But not only of the human journey story alone, the Psalms speak of the divine movement and intervention of God. You cannot read the Psalm without encountering God's imprint and God's impact. Typically, the Psalm begins with a call to praise and continues with a motivation for the praise and concludes with a repeat with the reason you are praising in the first place. The, the psalmist often utters words about how challenging life can sometimes be. And we may find that the writer does not hold back about the, the winding, zigzagging, meandering, and unexpected twists and turns of life. Psalm 1 begins with a reminder that there is a choice we have to make in terms of whether or not we will follow the path of the wicked or the path of the righteous. Psalm 23 says to us that God is our shepherd, and it is because of God's care and keeping that we do not want for anything. Psalm 46 suggests God is our refuge and strength. God not only defends the city, but God looks out for the people who occupy the city too. Because of God's watchful eye, we can be still in the midst of tumult, turmoil, and chaos, and know always that God is in control. There are royal psalms about kingship, psalms of communal and individual lament, where the psalmist is pouring out, pouring out the heart about the real struggles. And there are psalms of thanksgiving where the psalmist is declaring that sometimes I just cannot help myself in my thanksgiving and my praise to God. Maybe that's what happened just some moments ago when we were uttering and singing and declaring the name of Jesus. Something happened on the inside. Something stirred up deep down within and we had a can't help myself in my praise of God that there are 150 psalms altogether, and some we are more familiar with than others. Psalm 150 is the crescendo or the climactic call to praise and ends with these weighty words, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Psalm 66 is a profoundly powerful psalm with a universal call to all of creation to make a joyful noise to God to fill the earth with the singing by singing the glory of God's name, to give praise to God and to say unabashedly and unashamedly how awesome God is. In fact, the psalmist is so serious that this writer says that even the enemies of God cringe because they realize that they cannot do they cannot do God in. They have no power or authority None. over God. None. All, all of the citizens of the planet are invited to praise God because of God's mighty power. In this psalm, God's people respond to this invitation with joy while God's enemies cower in fear. In, in verse 3, we are called to recognize the awesomeness of God. When, when I was just a little girl and attended a Pentecostal church here in Mount Vernon, New York, the pastor of that church was a woman whom we called Mother Richardson. And Mother Richardson was a tall and towering woman of God. She preached with a roaring authority, and as a child, she commanded my attention. 
I can still see her now and hear her constant refrain as she proclaimed the daring deeds of this God who makes God's self known to us. She would declare a litany and long list of things that God had done, was doing, and would do. And then she would always sum it up by saying, who wouldn't serve a God like this? Like Mother Richardson, the psalmist is taking us back to a period in Israel's history where the psalmist is recounting how God brought them out of Egypt by turning a sea into dry land. That the psalmist does not stop with the storytelling but continues to remind them that they were kept and did not slip. And even when they were tested and tried, they were refined as silver. When people were seemingly getting the best of them, they came through the waters safely. The psalmist gets hallelujah happy and shouts that God brought them out into a spacious place. And as this psalm is reflected upon, the writer is speaking to us in the 21st century, saying that the activity of God is not just for the Israelites. We too have been sojourning through some Egypts in our lives. We too have come across some desolate places, dry land where we've had to face various physical, emotional, psychological, and sometimes spiritual challenges. Maybe the doctor gave us news that we were not expecting to hear, and it rocked our world. Maybe there were times when the tears would not stop flowing and we thought we were bordering on the edge of a mental or emotional meltdown. Maybe we've been crying out to God in the midnight hour of our lives and it appears that God is silent. And we do not know how to wrap our heads around that reality. Or perhaps we have felt like we were going to lose our equilibrium. That is to say, almost fall, but in the midst of slipping and sliding and dancing about, we never fell. Some, sometimes, the very people we have known and cared about have ridden our backs or come down upon us. Maybe, just maybe, the intensity of anxiety, the heaviness of despair, the weightiness of the waters of chaos and commotion appeared like they were going to overtake us. The the psalmist says that God brought us to a spacious place. Well, what the psalmist is trying to communicate is that divine power delivers God's people from helpless situations. God's watch may well trigger the thought of divine surveillance. God who keeps the powers of chaos at bay and provides an ever-present protection. In, in high school, I, I recall reading a novel by the author George, Mor- George Orwell titled 1984. Maybe, maybe you read that book too. The book was written in, actually written in 1949, but it was about Big Brother, who was always watching the movements of the citizens of the earth. And Big Brother was watching not for the good, but rather to keep the people in, in, in check and in bondage. That's not not the way that God works at all. God keeps divine surveillance over us, not for our downfall, but for our good. That there is no place in the world where we can escape the presence or the power or the touch of the living God. This psalm invites us to come and see what God has done. We were called upon to tell the story of what God has done for God's people. That the bottom line, says the psalmist, is that you have brought us 
into a spacious place. This psalm, this makes it personal. First, he reports that he has certain offerings that he promised to make. And then he see issues and invitations similar to the one made in verse 5. There it was, come and see. Now it is, come and hear. He announced that he will tell what God has done for me. Like a good saint of God, the psalmist gives personal testimony. The story is a simple one told here in the barest line, I cried aloud to God, and God listened to me. God has given heed to the words of my prayer. Put simply, it says I prayed and God answered my prayers. Praise be to God. When the Bible speaks about God, it most often does so by telling what God has done. In other words, when the Bible speaks of God, it tells a story. During the 1980s, before some, uh, some of our young people were born, there was a fictional popular show on television that captured the American imagination. And I know it's been on in, in a different way for us recently. The father was a doctor and the mother a lawyer. And they lived in a brownstone in Brooklyn, raising five very different and uniquely gifted children. Each episode revealed more and more about the character and the values they were passing to their children. Cliff and Claire Huxtable were an interesting couple. But what always caught my attention was that every now and then, Claire would go off and give a long monologue about one matter or another. She would often use the words, let the record show. The, the, the Bible as a whole follows the pattern of a story, which in essence is letting the record show. Beginning in the Old Testament with creation and continuing to the call of Abraham and Sarah and the ancestors, it goes on with the story of the exodus from Egypt, giving the commandments, the wandering in the wilderness, the conquest of the land, the monarchy, and finally the exile. The New Testament picks up the story, telling about Jesus as the fulfillment of Old Testament promises and spelling out the meaning of his death and his resurrection. The books of Acts continues the story of the power of God poured out in the spirit, and people experience the might of God's power in their lives and the establishment of the church. Yeah. The Holy Ghost was on the loose, so much so that when the saints were playing and praying in one place, Peter walked out of prison and knocked at the door, and the girl didn't believe that what they had prayed for was right actually before their eyes. Yeah. Paul and Silas were locked in jail, and they prayed and sang praises, and there was a jailhouse rock that opened up their cells. The, the, the jailers thought that they were doomed, but Paul says, we're all here. In that moment, the jailer asked the finite question with an infinite implication, what must I do to be saved? All of the New Testament letters call us to be and to do the work and the will of God in the church and in the world. The book of Revelation is the last book in the canon, which is the culmination of God's showing who God is and what God can and will do. It is God's reminder that God has the ultimate and the last word. It is letting, it is God letting the record show. In our lives and in our times, we are called to, to let the record show. We've got to give personal testimony of those things that God has done, is doing, and will do. We're going to an annual conference in a few days, and we've got to let the record show. 
we'll stand on the floor of the conference and persons will give their reports about what they've done over the course of an annual conference year. Maybe somebody might utter these words from the prophet Isaiah, he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, but with his stripes we are healed. Then maybe somebody might let the record show by reaching back in history and naming the founder of the denomination, saying that the record shows that in 1760, Richard Allen was born a slave grew up in Delaware, bought his own freedom and the freedom of his brother and became the first bishop of a denomination of black people in this country. Maybe the record ought to show for us that through many dangers, toils and snares, we have already come, but it's grace that brought us safe thus far and grace will lead us home. We gotta let the record show that there were some occasions when we stood behind the sacred desk and we might have been trembling and shaking in our boots, but we preached in season. We preached out of season. We preached whether there were two people there or it was a church house of folks. Let the record show that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Let the record show that we, we are people of God, and because of that, we have to tell folks, come here and hear what God has done. Come here and see what God has done. And if, perchance, that person doesn't fully understand what we're saying, we might quote these words, how can I say thanks for the things you have done for me, things so undeserved, yet you gave to prove your love for me. The voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude. All that I am, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. That's letting the record show. Let the record show. Let the record show. Let the record show.